Good evening, Purple family. Welcome to another episode of Shades of Purple, a Prince podcast. On tonight's episode, I'm going to be doing my top 10 Prince songs of all time. So you guys just going into this, look, this was very, very hard just to do 10 songs to the point where I think on another episode a very, you know, in the near future, I'm going to do maybe a top 20 so I can include another 10 songs because it was really, really hard to try to, you know, qualify. Okay. So this song should be number five and this song should be number 10. Like that was really hard. And when I went about this, what made me want to do this one is because my B-side episode where I did the top 10, my my top 10 favorite B-side hits was such a popular um, episode. It got about almost 20 plays. I think it's right now it's at 17, 18 plays. So I was like, you know what? Let me do another one. And I'm also going to do my top 10 favorite Prince albums. And I'll probably do that sometime next week. Um, But yeah, so basically how I chose these songs were I thought about the songs that I played the most and I play Prince just about every single day and I have been playing his music every single day for a while for at least the past two and a half years or so uh now I would play it you know sporadically before that but you know I really started my Prince journey in 2020 during the pandemic. And I kind of talk about that uh, in some of my earlier episodes, but don't get me wrong. Like if you've listened to my first episode, you know that I have been a Prince fan since I was a little girl, since I was in kindergarten. Uh, but I kind of moved away from them when I was a teenager and all that. So I don't want anybody who's listening to this uh, this episode in particular for the first time to think, oh, well, she just became a, a fan in 2020. No, no, baby. No, I've been a fan for at least 35 years or so. <laughs> like I said, five, I just, my birthday just passed on Friday, November 4th, because you know, we need a purple high. <laughs> uh, I just turned 39 on the fourth. So, uh, I have been a fan. I would say, you know, since I was like maybe five or six years old. So over 30 plus years, I've been a fan. Okay. So let that be known. Uh, but anyway, so I chose these, uh, 10 songs because these are the songs that I always return to. These are the songs that when they come up on my Prince playlist, I always turn, uh, my volume up in my car or I, uh, or, or I'll play these over and over again in my headphones. So I was like, so I just really had to sit back and really think. And actually when I showed my husband this list, he actually pointed out something, a song that I didn't even put on here. So I'm just like, but it's a song that I play, you know, play out. So now I'm sitting here thinking, you know, rethinking my list yet again, (laughs) but, um, I'm going to go with it and I might even take one of these songs out and put that song there because that is a song that I do play a lot. And I might just move that other song into honorable mentions. You guys, like I said, when I started putting this list together, I have right now, I have one, two, three, four, five honorable mentions. Like I said, I've got five. So that's like another 15, you know, altogether songs. So I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to do a top 20. And even then, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Should I do, what do you guys think? Should I do a top 50? Like, I mean, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so let's just go ahead and get right into it. So number 10 might surprise some of you guys, but my number 10 favorite Prince song is purple rain, purple rain. And I have talked about purple rain in some of my other episodes. And I know that a lot of Prince fans feel some type of way about purple rain. There's there's some that really like purple rain like me. And then there's others that are just like, ah, purple rain. I hate it. I don't like the album. It's too commercial. It's too, and I guess I can understand some of that criticism, but if we're being honest and if you really just look at the song itself outside of, you know, the Jaggernaut that was purple rain the experience you might as well call it an experience because with this with the album and the movie it was definitely a purple rain experience when i did my review i i referred to it as the purple flood so but we cannot deny 
I don't think. Like I said, this is my list. So before y'all try to come for me in the comments on Facebook after you hear this, or you probably won't because I really hardly ever get any comments about my podcast. But you know, if I do, look, don't come for me. Okay, this is my list. Your list might be different and we can, you know, talk about it. But anyway, so, but when you look at Purple Rain, the song, this song is a powerful power love ballad. Like there is no denying its power. I mean, as soon as it comes on those guitar riffs that, you know, uh, Wendy uh, Melvion came up with beautiful introduction. I mean, and he had to do something almost, you know, cinematic on this level. And I think that Purple Rain, the song really is befitting of the of the album i'm I'm glad that he put that as the last song on the album because it was just a great way to finish the album even though i i said in my other episode that i think baby i'm a star would have been a better closer and baby i'm a star was the closer for the movie but now when i think about it purple rain was very anticlimactic in the movie but it it puts you like it pulls at the heartstrings, you know, because, you know, just looking at it from the movie, you know what? Scratch that. Even if you didn't see the movie or have never seen the movie, like if you've been living under a rock for the past almost 40 years and you've never seen the movie, just listening to the song, you feel, at least I do, feel some type of way. Like it really does pull at your emotions. And the one thing that really pulls at my emotions in this song is that wonderful, perfect guitar solo. Because Prince, the way he plays his guitar solo in Purple Rain, you can actually feel, you know, that the guitar has, you know, taken over Prince's emotions and it's just kind of explaining, you know, how he feels about this person, how he wants to be, you know, in the, with this person in the Purple Rain. You know, I never meant to cause you any pain. You know, I just want to see you laughing. I just want to see you happy. And when that guitar solo starts, you can just feel the emotion of what he's saying, of what the lyrics are saying. And to me, that's powerful. You know, um, I would always cry when I would hear Purple Rain, even before Prince died. But after Prince died, I mean, I would just boo-hoo. But I remember one time, uh, the very first time I like cried, cried was when I very first saw the movie back in the 90s. Like I thought, cause I thought, you know, at the time, and I said this in my review of the movie, that I thought that his father had passed away. I mean, you know, he shot himself in the head and I thought that, you know, his father was dead. And so he was, you know, dedicating the song to his father, Francis L, which is what he was doing. But, you know, I didn't know later. So of course they, you know, when they started playing, I will die for you, you saw him in the hospital. But I was just like, oh my God, this song is so emotional. It's so sad, but I love it. And after Prince died, the guitar solo and this, I mean, come on, it doesn't get any better than that. Like, I mean, and he always plays the shit out of that uh, guitar solo. Anytime that he would do Purple Rain in concert, you know, I mean, he would just nail it. You know, probably the most famous one is the one he did uh, during the Purple Rain tour when they were in um, uh, New York, I believe. Um, was it Buffalo? No, it was Syracuse. Syracuse. When they were in Syracuse, when he had on that uh, that navy kind of garb he had on, I think it was the same thing that he wore to the uh, Grammys that year in '85. And uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, just wonderful, wonderful song. And so when people talk about it so bad, like it's just the worst song Prince ever did. I'm just like, y'all need to calm down. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, he did have better songs. We know that, but I think it bothers a lot of people because so many non Prince fans, that's the only thing they know about Prince. And so that bothers us as his, as his fans. And I get that. I get that. But you know, Prince didn't have a problem with the song. You know, he understood that that would be, he would be Mr. Purple Rain, unfortunately. Well, but I don't think it's unfortunate though. And I mean, it was the very last song that he played when he left the stage in 2016 for the last time. So Prince understood the power 
of Purple Rain and I do too. And it's one of those songs that I kind of have to be in the mood to hear Purple Rain. It's not like my first go-to Prince song, obviously, but if I'm in the mood, I will definitely play the hell out of Purple Rain. So moving on, number nine. Now I had to go back and forth with my number nine song, but I had to go ahead and give it to Diamonds and Pearls. So Diamonds and Pearls was one of the first songs that I heard uh, from Prince uh, when it came out. Uh, I was a little girl. I was like um, maybe six or seven. I was in first grade. And, um, and, I, and I, I, in my uh, very first episode, I talk about how uh, when I first heard this song was actually in a play that we had at my school. And I want to say, I think it has to have been a um, black history parade and that uh, not black history uh, parade, a black history uh, play. Sorry. I don't know why I said parade play. And at the end of the play, and like I said, I can't remember who I played. Uh, but I'm thinking, like I said, Harriet Tubman or, um, cause those, I mean, those now, like it's such a joke to me uh, that now, I mean, I didn't know a lot about these people when it comes to like black history. I'm sorry, I'm getting off the subject, but you know, back then all they would ever tell us about was Harriet Tubman and that was it, you know, like Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks. Those were the two uh, women that they most talked about during black history month. So I'm pretty sure I was probably one of them. And now looking back, I'm like, don't get me wrong, Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful women and what they did, but they're not the only people, just like Martin Luther King. He wasn't the only person, but let me stop. But anyway, so (laughs) I don't wanna get on my soapbox on that. But anyway, so Diamonds and Pearls, when I heard the song, I was just like, this is a beautiful, beautiful song. I love how it's arranged. I love Rosie Gaines hitting that high note. <laughs> like to me, Rosie Gaines almost outsung Prince in this song. Like, I mean, her vocals were amazing. And I really think that Prince should have really pushed to put her album out. Like, I know he got caught up with, you know, Carmen Electra, meaning that, you know, he got caught up in, you know, we're not going to say the word, but I really do feel like that. I mean, she was so is because she's still with us. I mean, so talented and I really would have loved to, you know, have heard her album. And I don't know if she eventually, I think she did actually put something out, but I, I can't, you know, I don't think it did anything and I don't know if she ended up doing it. I don't think she did it with Prince, I, but I, I want to say, I think she did put an album out, but it wasn't with under Paisley Park, I don't believe. But I mean, I really do think that he should have took more time with her and really have, I mean, cause her album could have went platinum easily. I mean, she was such a powerhouse singer and this song right here demonstrates that. And uh, there's a, I don't know if this is a rumor, but I heard, you know, you know, just, you know, seeing other people on the, uh, on the Prince Facebook pages or whatever talking. So supposedly and on Prince.org, but you know, you can't always believe all that stuff. But uh, somebody had commented that Prince had once said that he wouldn't ever play this song in concert without Rosie. And when you listen to the song, you can understand why. I mean, it's just like nobody else could really, I mean, there's other people that could probably come close to it, but I mean, her vocals are just so amazing and powerful. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's just no comparison, honestly. And Diamonds and Pearls is such a a beautiful song, like I said, and it's my number nine. And I hope to, you know, Lord willing, if I am able to get pregnant again, um, I, I'm going to play this in my gender reveal because, you know, he says, boy or a girl. So pray for your girl on that. Uh, so moving on number eight. So I originally had, uh, one song for number eight, but I'm going to go ahead and go with this other song. So I'm literally changing my, uh, my songs in real time (laughs) so so number eight instead of going with the song that i originally went with i'm actually going to go to nothing compares to you uh and because my husband actually pointed out you know what you really like that song you always play it you always talking about it and i really do and this other song that i had for number eight i do play that one as well 
but not as much as nothing compares to you. Now, this song really grew on me when I actually first heard, uh, speaking of Rosie Gaines, her version with Prince. I mean, that would, to me, that was just the standard. And it still is. But then after when I heard Prince's version on the originals, I was blown away. Because let me be honest, I'm not really a big fan of Sinead O'Connor's version. I'm just not. And not to say that it's bad or anything. It just wasn't my... I, I just wasn't vibing with it. And it's not even because of, you know, how, you know, her lies on Prince and, you know, how she's, you know, kind of bashed him. Not even that. It's just that, I don't know. I just don't, I just really did not care for her vocals. You know, I just, you know, I mean, she did okay. And obviously, I mean, her version is probably the most well-known known version. Um, but I, I actually like the family's version better than hers. Like I would put hers as my number four, <laughs> and because I, because I just I don't I, I guess it's just me. I just don't see the appeal of hers. I just don't. Uh, so uh, there's been I know there's also been another guy. He's since passed uh, uh, that also did a version. I hadn't heard his version. O'Connell, I think is his name. I haven't heard his version. I'm going to have to hear his. But my my favorite now is Prince's because when I heard it, I was just like, now I understood what he was trying to do with the song, you know? I mean, and then a saxophone. I'm not sure if it's um, Eric Leeds that does the saxophone or Eddie M. But whoever played that saxophone, just they did the damn thing. I mean, that saxophone solo was everything and nothing compares to you and i mean it's another once again i'm gonna say beautiful a lot because a lot of these songs on my list are they're just beautiful to listen to and nothing compares to you is a song that actually reminds me a lot of my husband because he is one of a kind and nothing and nobody in my life can compare to him and so when i when he mentioned that song i automatically thought about him and uh, and I'm not sure where the inspiration for Nothing Compares to You is from. Uh, Susan Rogers seemed to think that he was talking about some housekeeper, but I'm just like, why would he? I mean, I mean, I'm sure she's a wonderful cleaner, <laughs> and maybe he was close to his housekeeper. I don't know, but I'm not exactly sure uh, who the song is about. But whoever it was, um, I think Susanna was even thinking she was singing the song was about her. But I, I don't know. But whoever the song was about. Uh, you know, Prince, like I said, he wasn't the best communicator. As we know, he liked to communicate through song. And so whoever he wrote this song about, or if he didn't write it about anybody, uh, it's, you know, once again, a beautiful song to listen to. And if you're, you know, missing someone or thinking about someone, it's just the perfect song to go to. And I love Rosie Gaines version. Once again, she just sung her ass off in it. And, um, but like Prince's version to me, I don't know. It just stuck with me. And it's the one that and it took me a while before I actually listened to his version because I really liked the Rosie Gaines version so much. But when I actually finally gave Prince's a listen, I was just like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. Uh, and then, of course, the video, the YouTube video that they have of him and uh, the revolution doing their uh, practicing in the uh, warehouse. I was just like, I mean, just the height that he got in those heels. And, you know, looking at that, it's kind of bittersweet because we know that him doing, you know, those, you know, those spins and those um, splits in the heels is why he's not with us anymore. So, I mean, it was really bittersweet, but, you know, wonderful to see, you know, Prince in his youth, you know, in 1984 when he was, you know, at his sexiest and just looking all healthy and wonderful and young. And, you know, that's the way that we should try to remember him. And not to say that, you know, he did still look good in his uh, older years because he did. Uh, but, you know, we just just keep that in mind. A lot of people, I think, try to be so negative and try to focus on his death and, you know, why did it have to happen and this. And I've said this before. It was his time to go. It really was because I, I'm not one of those people that believe in untimely deaths because I believe in God. And I know that when God calls you home, he calls you home. And there's nothing nobody can do, nothing nobody can say. I mean, yes, we can sit around and say, yeah, he could have been rescued. But then, I mean, but then he wouldn't, you know, then it wasn't his time to go. If he was meant to still be here, he would. 
So if somebody, I don't care who it was, if anybody, you know, that night would have been like, hey, Prince, uh, where are you going? You know, before he went to the elevator, then it wasn't his time to leave us. It was his time to leave us. And he left us such a wonderful um, legacy and all this wonderful music that we have. So let's celebrate his life and not try to think so much about his death. All right, let me get off my soapbox. Moving on. So number, where are we at? Number seven. So speaking of uh, number seven, I decided to keep this one uh, breakdown, which is well the breakdown, which was uh, on Artificial Age, which was one of uh, his last albums he did that came out in 2014. When I first heard this song, you guys, I broke down in tears because. It was a matter of Prince looking back on his life and, you know, kind of regretting some of the things he did when he was younger. We've all been there. We've all done stupid things when we were younger or hurt someone that we didn't mean to hurt. And so I saw this as his song of kind of redemption of trying to be like, hey, you know, I did this and now I regret it. And because I have, you know, whoever this person is in my life, now I can, you know, you know, you're breaking me down, you know, you're breaking me down and showing me that I don't have to be this way. I think one of the most powerful uh, lyrics in that song is, you know, now there's a door that you can walk through when it used to be a wall. And that made me think about that song, uh, that Wally song uh, where he talks about, you know, I, you know, putting up a wall. And I think he has a song, I think it was on Sign of the Times, the Super Deluxe Edition called The Wall or Wall, or am I tripping? But so that made me think that, you know, when he was younger, Prince was much more guarded, you know, with his feelings and with his heart. And uh, but now, you know, at an older age, he's kind of got more relaxed and he's more loving and more open. And so that lyric always stuck out to me. But when I first heard this song, I just thought, oh, my goodness, Prince. And he said that that was one of his favorite songs that he liked to perform. He said that on the Arsenio Hall show uh, at the time in 2014, his last TV interview that he did. Uh, he talked about how, um, you know, he always uses the word we talking about himself, but he's like, um, well, I thought he was meaning we as in like him and his band maybe, but you know, he's always we this, we that. So uh, he said, you know, one of our songs that, you know, we really like to play nowadays is The Breakdown. So if you haven't seen that, it's on YouTube with Arsenio Hall. Just type in Arsenio Hall in Prince and it'll be like 2014. I think uh, I can't remember the day. I think one oh, I think the day was August 21st, which is really eerie. Because, uh, you know, of course, we lost him two years after that day. But The Breakdown is just a beautiful song from start to finish. And it's a song where you can actually hear his voice kind of cracking a little bit when he goes to that high note. And y'all know my ass can't sing, but you know, I'm going to sing anyway. When he's like, you're breaking me. You know, he's just like going when he kind of starts that screaming thing, but it's like he can't really, you know, scream as much as he wants. Well, he probably could because even then his voice was still fantastic. But I mean, you could just hear the emotion in his voice. Um, and, you know, of course, and it, it was just like, oh, my goodness, Prince, you know, he's probably just thinking, oh, you know, thinking back on, you know, how he used to treat some of the women that he dated, like Vanity and Jill. And, you know, I mean, just thinking like, oh, man, I was a real asshole. You know, some of the things I did or even some of the things he did to some of his band members, because there was a lot of, you know, a lot of stories about him just being a total asshole, a total jerk. You know, whether it's, you know, what Jimmy Jam or Terry Lewis or Morris Day or Andre Simone. I mean, a lot of these people hold back, you know, on speaking negative for Prince because, of course, he's no longer with us. But, you know, he was an asshole. Let's just keep it real. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, but just like everybody, Prince was a person who had, you know, both sides to him. You know, he was because he was a Gemini, you know, he had the best of both worlds. He could be this fierce philanthropist, you know, wanting to give his all to, you know, people that he didn't know. But then he would treat the people that were closest to him like shit. 
you know, and I mean, that's just what it is. But the breakdown, like I said, was I think him reflecting on his life and wanting to seek some type of solace, some type of redemption uh, for his past misdeeds. So, so moving on, that was number seven. So number six is Morning Papers, which was on, uh, not Diamonds and Pearls, it was on the Love Symbol. The Love Symbol album and Diamonds and Pearls, because they're back to back, they sometimes I get the songs on you know one mixed up with the other, but Morning Papers is on the Love Symbol album, and I actually, me and my husband were also talking about this the other day because I always thought that I liked the Diamonds and Pearls album more than the Love Symbol album, but really I like the Love Symbol album more because it actually has more songs on it that I like. Uh, and so, and this is one of them. This is, uh, I actually put this up on the Facebook page a couple of days ago and I, and I labeled it an underrated gym because it's a song. Of course, now he's talking about Maite in this song. Um, and it's one of those like love at first sight type of songs, but the way he sings it and the guitar solo is wonderful. And I mean, you could just tell that he really has feelings for Maite, but because she is, you know, on the younger side, he is of course not acting out on his feelings, but he's just can, but he's just expressing them. And it's such a, a sweet way. And, uh, Maite actually would reflect back. They had like an interview after Prince died, of course, where they, um, went out to the site of where they, um, filmed like on the beach, you know, the beach scenes in, uh, the video for morning papers and she, you know, she cried and she talked about how they had such a great time all day on the beach together. And it was just such a wonderful time. And I mean, he, Maite was his, his muse for a good part of the nineties all the way up until, you know, they divorced, excuse me. <coughs> and, uh, he wrote some wonderful, wonderful songs about her and, I always come back to morning papers because I mean, the instrumentation is wonderful, but just like the lyrics, like some of the most romantic lyrics, I think Prince has ever uh, written when he said, if he poured his heart into a glass and offered it like wine, she could drink and be back in time for the morning paper. Like, I mean, just putting his feelings and his heart and his emotions and, you know, and then, you know, but also keep it in mind, you know, that she is young, you know, saying she was every school board's fantasy, you know, that's why he had to wait, you know? So a lot of people want to say, you know, want to put Prince in the same category as R. Kelly or Elvis Presley or, <clears throat> or these other, you know, men that, you know, got with younger women. And they even want to say that, you know, my take was groomed. And I'm going to talk more about this when I uh, review her book and some of the things that she has said, because she has retorted a lot of that, you know, um, like it was really her mother that I feel like was doing the grooming. But once again, I'm trying to stay off of my soapbox. Um, there are some things that, you know, that did happen between them that I don't agree with, but I mean, nothing, of course, sexually, because they didn't have sex until she was 19, but you know, but you have to also remember Prince's parents were, there was like a, almost a 20 year gap between the two of them. And people don't think about this. So John L. Nelson was 20, almost like 17 years, so almost 20 years, 17 years older than Maddie Shaw. So for Prince, he didn't see it as a problem getting with uh, younger women because, I mean, look at that. That's what he saw growing up. Older men getting with younger women. As long as they were legal, you know, they're, you know, what's the, you know, what's the issue? But, you know, be that as it may, people have their opinions and, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody got them. So it is what it is. But I'll get into that on uh, another episode. But Morning Papers, once again, is number six. So number five is Baby, I'm a Star. And I saw that someone said that they didn't like Baby. Well, there's probably more than someone. A lot of people that say they don't like Baby, I'm a Star. But I like Baby, I'm a Star because it's really a great song to work out to. 
Um, this is one of the songs I always turn up when I'm in the gym and I really want to, you know, if I have like a sudden burst of energy, uh, like I'm doing cardio, like if I'm on the uh, treadmill, for example, and baby, I'm a star comes on, I start running, you know, or, you know, whatever. So baby, I'm a star is just encompassing and it came out you know, at the perfect time, you know, during the Purple Rain era, because he had finally come to where, you know, he could say, baby, I'm, I've arrived. I'm a star. Now he wrote this, you know, way before the Purple Rain album came out. He wrote this song. I want to say, I think baby, I'm a star is probably the oldest song on the Purple Rain album. If I can remember back from, uh, what they were saying on the principal.com, I think he wrote the song like 81 or 82. So he knew then that, Hey, it's just going to be a matter of time I'm about to be a star baby you know and so he had a song ready for when it happened and it was just one of those feel-good songs that you know he's saying I ain't got no money but I'm rich on personality which was a lie he had plenty of money <laughs> and he even said that doing the purple rain uh not the purple rain uh the parade uh tour he was like yeah that's a lie but even though he was talking about um I want to be your lover but he had plenty of money you know at this time when he made the song too and but you know but he did he he was also rich on personality and you know and of course the screaming in the song it's just like so you might not know it now but baby i'm trying to tell you you know just <laughs> you know i mean i mean and there's just the instrumentation the instrumentation in it and i i even like uh dr fink's um his keyboard solo in it um just just wonderful all the way around and it was such a great way to end the purple rain movie because you know we're at the end you know we did purple rain which is the anticlimactic song and now we're back to feeling good you know everything is all good now so it's a really feel good song um so i love it i always turn it up uh when i hear it on my uh prince playlist so so now we're up to number four. So number four is Power Fantastic. So Power Fantastic is a song that I often listen to at night. I, I sometimes listen to it before I go to bed because you know, it starts off late at night when the world is sleeping. So what better time to play it when you're going to bed? So uh, I know that this was a composition that he did with uh, Wendy and Lisa. And um, I think, I actually think this is another one of their creations and Prince just did the lyrics. Uh, but I mean, it's still, I mean, the instrumentation in it is lovely. The way Lisa plays the piano is divine. And I just, I just love the whole song. And it's one of those songs that puts you, just relaxes you. Uh, I'm not sure who's playing the trumpet. I, I, I'm assuming it's like Atlanta Bliss, maybe. Um, but, you know, I, of course, I didn't go on PrinceVault.com and uh, PrinceVault.com and look these up, you know, because I'm just like, I know these songs. <laughs> but I guess I should have looked up who was playing the trumpet. Uh, but I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, I mean, the trumpet is probably what stands out the most on the song and gives it of course you know a jazzy feel and of course he's got other jazzy songs in that same vein kind of like you know somewhere here on earth is probably another one uh that's really jazzy sounding but very relaxing very calm just it just puts you in a you know like you know i'm gonna go to sleep you know and just so I, there's been many many a night where i was just like let me listen to power fantastic or even you know, it's even a good song to play in the morning. Like there have been times where I've been on my way to work and I'll turn it on, you know, just to get me in a relaxed mood, just driving to work, you know? So it's always a song that I just, you know, put on when I want to hear something really relaxing. So that's number four. So we're up to number three. So number three was my number one favorite B-side hit, 17 Days. So yes, I know it's not an A-side, but who said that all these songs had to be A-sides? Uh, 17 Days is still my jam, and it's my number three because it's my number one B-side. So um, 17 Days, like I said, I'm not sure who he wrote this about, but if I could just guess, I would say maybe Vanity, but um whoever he wrote it about it was someone he was just like oh my god i've been calling you can't reach you it's been 17 days 17 days was it was that's like two weeks and three days 
Like, but two weeks to three days doesn't sound right. 17 days sounds like it's been like forever, you know, and all I've got is two cigarettes and this broken heart of mine. And people are like, I know Prince don't smoke, so he ain't talking about himself. Uh, but I mean, just uh, the chorus itself. Let the rain come down, the rain come down, let the rain come down, down. And he didn't perform it a whole lot live in concert from what I understand. But um, but the one time that he, well, not the one time, he did perform it a couple of times. But the one that's on YouTube uh, right now, which he did in 2010, awesome 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 performance of this song and it just really just shows you just like his genius in live action like he's probably one of the best live performers of all time and the way that he's able to switch up the instrumentation and like uh in that particular performance he added in um the song by tina marie uh lover girl because she had passed away around this time and so how he he was able to do that like he'll mix up another song with his songs he did that with michael jackson as well when he passed away he put in they were doing uh the the time cool and they mixed in uh don't stop till you get enough and another concert i mean so he would constantly do things like that it's just like you would never think that those two songs would go together but they sound great together you know because of course prince's band was always on point because they had to be <laughs> you know because prince wasn't playing around but 17 days is just one of those songs it's of course the a side is when dubs cry and um, when Doves Cry are almost put on my list, but I was just like, um, I don't know. I might have to, it is in my honorable mention. So I will say that because when Doves Cry, I know for a lot of people, that was the start of their, you know, connection with Prince. Uh, other people will swear that, you know, they've been fans since 78, you know, and I don't want to say that I doubt some of those people. You know, some of those people are probably very honest, but at the same time, I think sometimes people just say that just to say, to make it sound like, you know, oh, I have been knowing Prince. I've been, you know, you know, just because they want to sound like, you know, they more, they know more than the next person. But anyway, so 17 days, number three. So number two is Adore from Sign of the Times. Now I've talked about the importance of Adore to the black community when I talked about Prince and uh, race. And Prince even said this particular song was written for black radio. Now he's talking about in the song, the woman, Susanna, that's who uh, he's talking about in the song. But the song was made for black radio because at this time in the late 80s, of course, there were a lot of black R&B artists that were coming out with just amazing albums, amazing songs. You had Luther Vandross, Whitney Houston, you know, people like that were just coming out with these just wonderful, wonderful songs. And he was just like, look, you know, if, if I can do if y'all want R&B ballads, say to say less, I got you. So he was like, you know what? I could do that. I could be like Luther Vandross. You know, I could, you know, I could do this. And so that's what kind of motivated him to do a door. And to this day, I still say this. Like if you ask any black person what their favorite Prince song is, a door is going to be on the list somewhere. So, you know, I just had to do it. A door. What can I say about a door? I, I love everything about it. You know, I especially like when he said, well, maybe not the ride, you know, <laughs> when he's saying you could, you know, burn up my clothes, smash up my ride. Well, maybe not the ride. He had to think about it, <laughs> you know. So it's a funny song, but it's also a really endearing song, you know, that he's just showing, you know, telling about his love for Suzanne and how like he just, you know, he had to call her, you know, after he got her phone number, he's like, I was and then I was rapping to the sun came up because I just had to let you know how fine you look you know and just in case you know we never get together just know that i love you for who you are you know and then you know when they you know finally did the do he and then he's like i only hear the sounds i'm like is that the sound she making Prince? like what's up with that <laughs> you know and then i like the line where he's saying well i ain't fucking just for kicks you know i like he's really in this he really wants to mean he wants his relationship to mean something to him and i really do think that Susanna was probably the most serious relationship he had in the 80s a lot of people think it was with vanity but no i definitely would say that his most serious relationship was definitely with Susanna. and after they broke up he did go through i believe a period of depression which uh 
uh, may have led him to, uh, you know, do the black album and lead to, you know, him experimenting with, you know, some drugs. Um, well, when I say drugs, I really should say just, uh, acid at the L not L was it LSD or well, ecstasy. Yeah. Yeah. Ecstasy. So I mean, and everybody experiments, you know, well, maybe not everybody, but you know, a lot of us have been there. That doesn't make Prince a bad person because he experimented and had a little ecstasy, you know, ecstasy, especially is still very popular today. People pop them all the time before they go to the club or if they're, you know, going to go party. So I don't, I don't hold that against him. Uh, but you know, he was going through some things, you know, the revolution had disbanded him and Susanna broke up. So that was a really dark period. I'm going to talk about that when I get to talking about the signs, sign of the times album and the black album. So stay tuned for that. So a door number two. So finally drum roll, everybody should know what my number one is because I say it all the time, but here we go anyway. My number one favorite Prince song of all time is The Beautiful Ones. When I first heard this song, you guys, his vocals in this song, the screaming in particular, I was just blown away. I was just like, whoo, I want a man to love me like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if I separate myself from any man, <laughs> I want him to be just like, just like, baby 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 listen to me like i want you like he wanted to let it be known look i want you do you want me or do you want him because let me know now because let me tell you i may not know where i'm going or where i'm coming from but i do know one thing that i want you i mean and the way he was so emphatic with it like Okay, so the story is, you know, a lot of people are, you know, are, are thinking that, you know, he was talking about Susanna. No, no, he was not talking about Susanna. I believe that he was talking about vanity. And the reason why I say this is because he said it without saying it. He kind of let it slip in an Ebony Magazine interview that Prince did back in 2015. So just right, you know, the year before he died. He was having an interview with this guy and talking about, you know, the uh, hit and run phase one and phase two albums. And so they got into a conversation about Purple Rain and that whole era. And the interviewer had mentioned uh, that the beautiful ones, people, you know, were saying that, you know, he they think that it was about Susanna Million. And so Prince was like, no, the song was made for the movie in particular that scene with Apollonia and Morris Day and how, you know, he's, you know, princess singing the beautiful ones from the stage. And, you know, is, do you want him? Do you want me? That back and forth exchange. She's like, it's for the movie. But then he also went on to say, you know, to the Susanna thing, like, why do people keep thinking that I'm making songs for them? If you really think about it, you can, if you really just pay attention, you can figure out, you know, who I'm talking about. Because during this time, you know, he went on to say, you know, when I was recording, you know, these songs for Purple Rain, Vanity had just left the group. And this is what he said in this interview. You can look it up. I might even uh, post it on uh, the Facebook page. But he said Vanity had just left the group. And so he was just like, so that was, you know, his frame of mind at the time. So he was talking about Vanity. And she was beautiful, absolutely. And so the beautiful ones, you know, always smashed the picture. I mean, he was heartbroken when Vanity left. And I don't think we, you know, didn't really know the extent of his heartbreak until he did the beautiful ones. And I think that the beautiful ones is without a doubt the very best love song, the very best ballad that he ever did. I mean, probably the most emotional song at, I mean, Prince is at his rawest emotion in this song. And I think that for Prince, he probably realized until, you know, after Vanity left, how much he loved her and how much he was in love with her. And by the time he figured that out, she was gone. 
And I think for Vanity, also, I don't know if, we, if, if she ever commented it on the song itself, but I think Vanity in her book, she did say that, you know, Prince was the only man that she ever really loved. And so I think at the time they were both so young, they were in their twenties, living their life. And I just think they just didn't realize that they were in love and that, you know, they needed to be together. You know, they constantly would fight. Even Prince said this, you know, and it's a micro, uh, a piano microphone tour that they were constantly fight, but they loved each other deeply. And they just didn't realize at the time that they were really in love. And I think this song is a lament to that, that, you know, that I want you back. I want you to know how much I want you and I only want you. And, you know, so there are rumors that they got together, you know, in the nineties, you know, before she got married and they maybe hooked up a couple other times in the late eighties. I don't know, you know, how true that is, but I think Vanity is probably the one woman that Prince never really got over. And uh, Manuela, his second wife looks a lot like her. Like she could easily be a Vanity clone. <laughs> and, um, so because of that, not to say that, you know, he didn't love Manuela for Manuela, you know, but she does look a, a strikingly a lot like Vanity. And so out of all the women that Prince has ever been with, I think that Vanity was the one woman that he just, you know, loved completely. And not to say that he didn't love, you know, his wives or, you know, other women that he was with. He loved them. But I just think with Vanity, it was just something about her that was just so different from everyone else, even Jill. And I love Jill Jones, but even something that even Jill didn't have that Vanity had and Prince just, you know, he was just like a moth to a flame and so was she. So, so I'm going to end it on that note. So, uh, just to recap. So number 10 was purple rain. Number nine diamonds and pearls. Number eight, Okay, so I didn't write down number what number eight was, but I think it was nothing compares to you. Yeah, that's what it was. Number seven, <laughs> breakdown. Number six, morning papers. Number five, baby, I'm a star. Number four, power fantastic. Number three, 17 days. Number two, adore. And number one, the beautiful ones. So before I end uh, this episode, let me just mention my honorable mentions, which was Dark, uh, the first one, which is on the Come album. I love Dark. It's such a jazzy, uh, really good song. Um, and it's just one of those songs that you can, like if you're in your car, you know, cruising, it's just a good cruising song to listen to. You know, he kind of expresses his emotions in that song too. And I like the way he kind of holds that note in the beginning. <laughs> uh, y'all know y'all just gonna have to deal with my non-singing self. So the next honorable mention after Dark is Damn You, which is on another jammer on the Love Symbol album. Uh, Damn You is another slow jam that is just perfect. You know, he just, you know, you know, just I love his voice and the fact that, you know, he's once again showing his range because he goes from doing his, you know, mid chest voice to his, uh, you know, baritone, you know, voice, just kind of like what he does in uh, the most beautiful girl in the world, a very similar transition. Uh, the next one is Dreamer, which is on the uh, Lotus Flower album. Dreamer is a, a Hendrix inspired rock song and I just love everything about this song and I'm surprised that I actually didn't have more rock songs on my list because I do like a lot of his rock songs I love Bambi uh, Dreamer Colonized Minds which is also on uh, Lotus Flower uh, what else I like um, Endorphin Machine which is on the Gold Experience uh, so I but I don't know I'm just I love them but those are not songs that I just, you know, automatically go to, I guess is what I'm saying. So that's why they're honorable mentions. So after Dreamer, we have We Can Fuck, the original. Yes, I said fuck, not funk. I do like We Can Funk though. Uh, but the original that came out in 80, I think 82 or 83, it's only on Spotify. Like it's not on uh, YouTube. They have the one that came out in 86 that he did, uh, We Can Funk. And then I like the version that he did with George Clinton on the graffiti 
Bridge album. I think that's really the only song other than Thieves, Thieves in the Temple and Joy and Repetition. Those are probably, and Round and Round, so never mind. <laughs> I do like quite a few songs on Graffiti Bridge, but probably my favorite song is We Can Funk. Uh, I like that, the, the little, you know, the twist that he did with uh, George Clinton on it. But the original is awesome. Now I have, of course, a Prince uh, playlist on Spotify and We Can Fuck is on there. And uh, that's another song, kind of like when Baby I'm a Star, when it comes on, I get to cranking up my workout. Cause you know, it's just, you know, cause you start thinking about, oh, you know, well, let me get ready, friends. <laughs> so We Can Fuck, great, great song. Um, and then another honorable mention is if I was your girlfriend. Now that was originally my number eight. And then I moved it to actually another honorable mention that I'm about to say that's similar to we can fuck. But if I was your girlfriend, it's probably one of my favorite songs on sign of the times. In addition to adore, um, it's just so I, I love his falsetto, even though he's like, you know, doing the Camille voice. But it's still, and you know, and it's, it's just one of those songs that you just never think that a man would really, you know, think about. Like he's almost like, you know, I want to be as close to you as you are to your female friends, you know? And I think that's really an enduring message. And I really wish that more men would think like that. Like, how can I be that close to you? Because for a lot of women, you know, their girlfriends, their, their female friends are everything to them. You know, and so for one man to be like, I just want to be, you know, all all the things you are to me, you know, and that, you know, that ending line there really stuck out to me. And of course, you know, him going on talking about, you know, at the end of the song, talking about drinking every ounce and all that with the oral sex. And I'm just like, OK, Prince. <laughs> oh, so Prince being Prince, of course. And so finally, my last honorable mention is extra lovable now not the one he released on on hidden face uh hidden run face two um not that one even though that one was okay i really prefer the one that's kind of unreleased i think it's not kind of i think it still is unreleased that came out once again in 82 83 that era uh that is on youtube and it is awesome i played that out when i first heard it i'm just like why did he not release this at the time and of course now they didn't put it on the 1999 uh, super deluxe because of the uh the lyric about rape which of course has a very um not aged well at all and so i don't you know blame the prince estate but they could have easily just took that out you know so i don't know why they they didn't include it uh they when they could have just you know took that lyric out or you know did you know did some kind of magic in the studio they do that all the time because it really is a good song i mean and i just i love everything about it I like the guitar the beat you know just his energy in the song so extra lovable was actually very close to being on my list and like i said all these honorable mentions will probably will probably see them again in a top 20 or a top 50 for sure so i'm most definitely going to have to do like a, at least the top 20 of prince songs uh so there you have it so what do you guys think of my list let me know uh next week i'm gonna do uh top 10 prince albums and let me tell you i already have a list going <clears throat> because i already know my top three but outside of that y'all i don't know <laughs> so y'all pray for me and i'm gonna uh, end the episode on that note so until i see y'all again or hear from y'all again peace and be wild and may you live the seat of dawn bye